0: Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday
1: to you. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts. Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Derek. This is a Monday evening. We're taping this late. Uh, Labor Day. We took off. Uh, you went to see family today. Speaking of taking off, Matt, Matt, this is uh, this is our birthday. Right. Uh, we, uh, the song that you heard coming in was a happy Birthday to us. This is our 200th episode. Can't believe it's been 200 episodes.
0: It's actually a little bit off, there because we've done some shows that didn't necessarily have numbers. That's correct. So we're probably more than 200. We did some special shows with um, interviews for Alderman and mayor and all that type stuff. So probably in the 212, 213 range.
1: Right. This is a 200th regular episode. Regular episode. That's
0: correct. Regular 200. amazing <laughs> Uh, you know world-class uh, episode and something else Derek uh, while we are celebrating our 200th episode and excited about that this will be our only show this week that's correct uh, we will only do one show this week for this reason on Wednesday Thursday and Friday Derek has something that's really neat most people don't know that Derek is part of an organization that has been um, working on behalf of the state of Mississippi when it comes to the Mississippi River for probably what Derek almost a, almost a decade now
1: it's been seven or eight years. That's seven
0: right, or eight yeah. years. Derek has visited Minnesota before. He's mm-hmm. visited, obviously, other places, Wisconsin, port cities. Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa, yeah. Right. On behalf of the state of Mississippi, something he's been doing now for about eight years, and they will be having their every two-year meeting in Memphis, Tennessee, over the uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, uh, Derek said, hey, did you sw- do you want to handle the show on Friday? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take off. <laughs> well, it's going to be, be done. Birthday,
1: Yes, a little birthday hangover. Yeah, maybe, take,
0: maybe too much cake. Do you ever notice how many people take? Do you have you have people at your bank? I guarantee you, that take off for their birthdays, don't they? Oh yes. Have you noticed that? Oh yes. It's amazing the number yeah. of people that take yeah. off for their birthdays now. Like that's some type of a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's their holiday. <laughs> it's their holiday. They take off for their birthday, which is really strange, and um, that's what we're going to do. Yeah,
1: I guess mine will be on we're our, gonna,
0: Actually, we're going to work on Labor Day. On our actual, right, we're going right. to work on Labor Day and take off because of our birthday.
1: No, yo, yeah, I'm part of the MRPC. It's the Mississippi River Parkway Commission. Uh, that's what I am. And we, we deal more with the Great River Road. For the, uh, those of y'all that don't know, the Great River Road is the road that runs next to the river from Lake Itasca, Minnesota, all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the Gulf of Mexico down the Mississippi River. and In Mississippi, it's basically two highways. It's Highway 61 and Highway 1. So those of you on the Delta know where Highway 1 is. Uh, most everyone else knows where highway 61 is that is considered the great river Road now there are roads closer to the river there are levee systems that are closer to the river the Natchez Trace at some point after south of Jackson is closer to the river than highway 61 but uh, to make it kind of a continuous thing that's what it is and there's are, there are centers and stuff like that along the road if you ever see a paddle wheel on a sign it's a green sign with a, a you know a paddle wheel that is our symbol and so we are we promote tourism up and down the great river Road this is a 10 state organization uh, all 10 states As Matt mentioned, we'll be meeting in Memphis this week, and we'll be kind of going over what our next year looks like to try to advertise, try to market, uh, and try to drive people to the Great River Road. So, again, and I will be happy. I'm not going to do it here on this on this podcast, but if anybody ever wants to find me, I can let you know all of the, the, the things that we have in this cities. We have tearaway maps. We have larger maps that we can hand out. There's also a Great River Road app that you can go to to also kind of download the roads all throughout every state. Uh, GPS done. So, anyway, uh, that's where I will be, and so I apologize for not having the show this week, but we will bring you all of the Alderman Review, all of the uh, games that take place this Friday, next Tuesday.
0: But we will be back next Tuesday excited for our 201st episode uh, kicking off fall. And that's going to be part of my word from the weekend here shortly uh, will be that. But um, as if Derek's not busy enough doing, you know, multiple, let's see, he works with the Rotary, multiple committees at the church, heads up a lot of stuff with the crew of Fernando, records two shows a week, has a full-time job, and also the the main Twitter man for North Point Christian football. Thank you for Mississippi. I mean, as a yeah, Mississippi. I look forward to it. Thank you, yeah, thank you for what you guys are doing. And and I'm, my mom and I actually talked we will in the
1: next five years. We want to go on one of the uh, Viking cruises up to Mississippi. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, were, we weren't uh, – obviously, there was people <laughs> much more important than myself or anybody on our committee that brought that there, but we are in charge of of marketing that and sure. tying in with the communities where they will have stops. And so, it, yes, that is starting starting this summer. Right. Uh, and so, please, 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 if you've ever wanted to take – you know, you kind of look to the Delta Queen, the Mississippi Queen, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about a paddle boat. Uh, these are really really nice ships, uh, and they will be traveling up and down the river now, and so I'll, that's going to be awesome when y'all do that. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, my mom and I visited about it when she was here uh, a few weeks, when she was here a couple of months ago, actually for graduation, for Hannah Grace's graduation, and we looked at that, and and we, you know, we've never really been north of St. Louis. Uh, via road, but then also to go up and and, and travel up on the Mississippi River or something that she said that she really liked uh, would like to do. And I thought, hey, you know what, let's go. So you may think I'm weird, and and don't judge me for being with my mom on the uh, the, the tour and stuff like that. But with my dad gone, she's looking to do things like that. And uh, so looking for some help, looking for a little bit of a uh, guide when it comes to to that. And if you're looking for – I know we're six minutes into our show. uh, If you're looking for help, looking for a guide – in the real estate market here in DeSoto County. You definitely want to consider contacting the best team in residential real estate in North Mississippi. I'm speaking, of course, about our 2022 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 66 years of combined real estate experience when it comes to the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They were also recently named a top producing team in the Million Dollar Club when it comes to North Mississippi real estate, and not everyone can be a part of that, and they were the top producing team. Currently still a great time to list your home in DeSoto, County, and they are offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your street, your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics you want from a realtor. Call them at 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Simply put in the number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, school zones. Put the filters into the website. Let the website do all the work for you when it comes to looking for the home of your dreams in DeSoto County. Give Brian and Terry a call. You will not regret it. Call them again at 662-449-1700. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for being our 2022 presenting sponsor. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Podcast we recorded each and every week at the Mobile Cars and Van Rule Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Cars, trucks, vans, cargo vans. If you have an insurance claim, if your car or truck needs to be put into a body shop or a transmission shop for a day, a week, or even a month, please consider using a local company, someone that can help you walk through your claim when it comes to major insurance insurance. Give us a call 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you're traveling for football games or maybe traveling sometime in Thanksgiving or coming up for Christmas, we booked two Christmas trips just last week. Please consider contacting using a local company, Mobile Cars and Vans, 662-469-4555. Thank you, Mobile Cars and Vans, for being our 2022 studio sponsor. Well, Derek, our Tuesday show always leads us right into the words from the weekend. You always go first. Today's going to be no different, Derek. Tell us about your word from the weekend.
1: Matt, my word from the weekend, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Basically, you're going down to the grove, which is something I've done a lot, so that's not necessarily the nostalgia part. The nostalgia part is going down... And setting up, which is something I really haven't done consistently uh, over the last, I would say, 10 years. But really, you know, we're definitely going to do it this year and probably for at least the next seven years while I probably will have kids at Ole Miss. But the other thing is, is that when you see your child at their first Ole Miss game as a college student and you can vividly remember your first game in this case, the college that uh, you know I went to. So when I went to Ole Miss, uh, I remember 1994 first game. This is Jolie Dunn's interim year, only year. Uh, it was an absolute disaster uh, of a <laughs> of a season. Having those feelings, remembering it, and just those kind of things, and just kind of seeing it through his eyes and having those memories. I and mean, he came to our tent for about what thirty forty five minutes, and you know just getting me able to see him first time I've seen him in three weeks. Just that kind of thing. It was really really uh, cool to see him and kind of you know I guess his college. Uh, his college demeanor uh, that he you know he's trying to take on and and you know everything that he's trying to do. But it was just also remember like literally looking at him and like, Oh my God! You know I kind of messed up my first year of college, and I had to get on straight. And just seeing all that, and thinking, okay, well here he goes. Don't want to hand, don't want to hold, you know, hold his hand. Don't want to try to put too much on him, but at the same time, offer advice here and there so he doesn't make the same mistakes. He'll make his own, but don't make the same ones. But also just remembering and looking around and being like, a lot's changed, but really not much has changed. And it was just kind of a a weird but also exciting feeling being down there this past weekend. It was a nostalgic. Go back That's to it. the word. That's it was it.
0: nostalgic to remember who you were at 18. 19, 19 years old when you first went to that first game, and now he's joined a fraternity. Um, he had one of his fraternity pledge brothers there they were there with him at the tent. Uh, we saw some uh, a group of kids that joined a different fraternity walk right by our tent, and it was good to see those young men. I mean, it's just it, it's that time. Uh, Hannah Grace came by the tent as well and was there. Ole Miss as a university has changed tremendously,
1: but I do remember again sitting in those stands as a college. Cannot believe, you know, it's been. 30 years? <laughs> yeah, 30 years. I, you were gonna, I wasn't going it. to say but, it. has been 30 years. But, I mean, I can remember, like it was not – I won't say yesterday, but I can remember being in the stands watching us play Memphis in the rain and losing to Memphis yeah. in 1994. I remember right. all that.
0: Well, yeah, Derek, that's, I mean, like I said, very nostalgic for you and, and Lisa and a number of people that are going to be listening to this show when they went down uh, this past uh, Saturday to see their child – kicking off their – no pun intended – but kicking off their college football career as a student. And mine's going to be very similar. Mine's going to be fall. We had a little bit cooler weather, a little bit of a break in the weather here in the mornings and stuff. Um, Football, high school football is in full swing. We're, We're going to talk all about that here shortly. Kids are back in school by three or four weeks. You just mentioned the kickoff of college football and and the actual home games for a number of different schools and stuff. So fall is here. Pro football this weekend. Pro football this weekend. Recording our 200th episode right here on Labor Day, the quasi end of summer. Yeah. I know it's definitely from a travel season for us. Like if you look at our vans, they slow down tremendously. This was kind of one last Hail Mary. We're going to be selling off some of our vehicles, selling off some of our assets to uh, make room for others or whatever. But um, it is definitely fall now. And uh, I think we have eight, uh, highs in the 80s for the next uh, couple of. No 90s. Said, yeah, but today no was 90s. the last 90 day. Yeah. Right for the next, you know, ten days or so. And I've I've heard that the the weather was beautiful last Thursday for the kickoff of the hometown headliners, and we are definitely into fall. And I am very excited to settle into that. And we're looking forward to a wonderful fall season here with the UTW podcast. So fall is my word from the weekend because it truly feels like we are here. It's time to talk football. It's time to do pro football. We had our fantasy draft just the other day and uh, it is time. I mean, fall has definitely settled in. Well, Derek, something that doesn't stop though, it never really has a season. It keeps on going Every first and third of the month is going to be our Alderman meeting right here for the city of Fernando. Derek, tell us all about our first Alderman meeting for the month of September. That'll be happening. Tomorrow night,
1: Uh, the first one there will be the approval to advertise for a loan for the animal shelter building for seven hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. So now they have broke ground. I believe the slab is being poured. So this is, you know, we're starting to get to the expenses. The city, you know, they had some money left over from a former bond that they're paying for the first part of it. The rest, of course, we know, will be coming from the seven hundred eighty-five thousand dollar loan that was approved. They will be advertising for that to try to have that in the place within the next, you know, thirty to sixty days. So that will be going out once they approve this, which I'm assuming they will, uh, then all the banks in town will have the opportunity to bid on that. And I think it's a 30 day bid. So that probably, you know, the first meeting in October, they will to approve that uh, and then go forward setting that loan up. Uh, The next two are kind of they're related. So the first one is they're they're declaring a fire engine uh, as a reserve surplus. So in other words, they're we can let this one go. Hernando engine one will uh, reserve as a surplus and they are selling it to the duck hill fire department we've had this done you know we've purchased uh, cars from missouri and other places before well now we're selling this fire truck to duck hill for five thousand dollars so i think that's pretty cool helping out a smaller town right right around grenada i'm sure people that travel south on 55 going towards south mississippi see the duck hill sign that's where that fire truck will be going The next one is the approval of a resolution to apply for the MDEQ ARPA grant program. Again, this is some of the money we have to make the formal application. The next one is the approval of Tegra Medical Resolution finally granting uh, a five-year personal property tax exemption and a nine-year real property exemption. These are things to keep you know, keep businesses in the city, allow them – and we talked about this before. This may be saying, okay, you don't have to pay property tax for a certain amount of time as long as you keep a certain amount of jobs here and produce a certain amount of uh, you know uh, sales tax, that sort of thing. They also, though, they still will always pay the school tax. We want to make sure it, always the school tax is still paid. Uh, next one, a memorandum of uh, understanding with the Hernando West Development LLC for construction of a sewer trunk line – as set forth in the public sewer improvement plans. This is something else they talked about for a while. Finally getting that sewer to the top of the road so Hernando West can tie into it and start their first development right there across from the soccer fields.
0: So, look, this is our 200th episode, and we have talked about Hernando West. Yep. We've talked about the sewer line yep. for years and years. <laughs> we feel old, Derek, that we've done this for two years now. <laughs> Hernando West has been doing it for a decade. Yeah, well, talk the, about 2000-
1: it. Eight or seven is oh, when they more first. than a decade. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they're ready for it. Sure. It's been a long time. Uh, the next one is they're going to uh, advertise for the Dogwood Hollow Sewer Project. Uh, there's another one where Joe Frank Lauderdale, the city engineer, is going to obtain easements for the Chapel Grove water line. This is the subdivision we talked about last week that was or last meeting that was approved. Uh, and you know, right there on uh, robinson Gin Road, that they had to have that agreement where they're going to put in the water line, but the city has to get the easements approval to release the construction bond. On the AWG Fire Protection Pumps and Tank, because the building's almost ready to go. Yes. The presentation, this is another interesting one, a presentation about Wagoneer Engineering on Traffic Study at McInville and uh, Commerce. So this is the Walmart right. intersection. They so, paid
0: for this about, two, what, two months ago? Yeah, about two months ago. It was, yeah, about yeah, it was two ago. approved for two months ago, and they've been doing it ever for maybe 30, 40 days more information.
1: And, right, and then the last thing will be the only budget left to discuss, the public works budget, the only one left over. They're going to talk about that last, and then of course they're going to executive session for personnel matters, and the mayor mentioned this uh during the budget meeting last week. He said the personnel matters will be because when you discuss individuals getting Bumped up to fifteen dollars an hour. They have to talk about that in a in a private session, and so they'll be talking about you know bumping certain people up in pay individually uh, because they were below that that threshold. So that's going to be a pretty good meeting, uh, Matt. We do need to make one correction. I think uh, the last uh, show that we had, we were talking about the police budget, and uh, we made mention that there were a, th- a high thirties police officers. There are forty eight full time police officers and three part time police officers. So total of I guess I guess. 50 49 to 50 total uh so that is the correct number so we want to make sure we get that out there there are not high 30s that we actually have a 10 more than that.
0: That's right. We we got a, a, a text sent to us to uh, get our numbers straight. So uh, <laughs> We're getting them straight. We're getting them straight. Derek, I just want to say something real quick. I'm real big in in, in North Mississippi. We've talked about it for 200 episodes now. We live in a very safe community. Uh, as we sit here, there is a, a crime, a certain crime mm-hmm. that has happened in the Mid-South that has really consumed a lot of people in this area just because, for lack of a better word, the lady could easily be one of us. And um, as we sit here, the... Uh, Memphis Police Department have confirmed that a body has been found and the fears or the more than likely that's the direction that it's headed. I know this kind of puts a a slowdown on our show as we record right here. We live very close to an urban city that crime is uh, aggressive and prosecutors are not aggressive in keeping people behind bars and crime is real, the devil is real, evil is real, and if we have 50 cops or 55 cops or 60 cops, from my voice, you'll always hear me being very pro, spend what we need to spend, budget how we need to budget to keep our city safe. Everyone that is listening to this show right now knows what I'm talking about, and my heart breaks for that family and just, I mean, just an awful, awful situation. And so if we have to be aggressive when it comes to our policing and how we act in Hernando, Mississippi, to, uh, for lack of a better word, put up a fence of legal aggression and legal safety for me and my kids I don't care I'm, I'm all behind it so
1: I'm glad you brought that up not the tragic I guess uh subject we're talking about but the when at the game Friday night and we'll, we'll get to the football games uh here in a little while but the game Friday night I was North Point game North Point game I was able to sit up in, in the press box now that I don't have a child playing I'm able to sit up there to tweet just to mm-hmm. get up get away from people get a little enough room to kick my elbows out since I'm doing <laughs> everything on the phone uh but there was the broadcast crew from Marshall County was there. And so I got there about six fifteen, so I was a good forty five minutes early. And I was talking to a very nice gentleman and we were he was kind of talking about they had gone the broadcast crew had gone to Elvis Presley and had seen his whole enterprise thing, had right. gone to Graceland, and it was just really remarking. He had been there, you know, probably a decade or so ago and they right. really added a lot. So, you know, kind things to say about that. But the the main thing that pointed out to me, he said, Look, he said, We knew when we entered Mississippi. Yeah. He said, when we were coming south, he said, you know, I I didn't realize how far down uh, that, you know, that area of Memphis had gotten. uh, You know, we were not aware with that. And then, but when we crossed over Mississippi, you could immediately feel everything was cleaner. Everything looked more organized. Uh, Everything, you know, looked like it was better kept up. And so there was, I mean, we saw the sign, but there was, I mean, even without seeing the sign, we could have missed the sign and immediately knew we were in a different state, a different whatever you know, or town or whatever, because that's how dramatically it changes when you cross the state line, and that's all you know. Not only because of South Haven and the wonderful job that they're doing, but it's also as you're talking about the police presence. I mean, we, they, South Haven, they have a a monumentous task of trying to keep everything of, of that nature north of the border. Isle Branch is putting in cameras, checking car tags now for the very same thing. And Hernando, you know, we, we do have a buffer. I mean, South Haven is a wonderful buffer. They take a lot of that headache off of us, but we've seen it still creep down here. And so you're right to try to do that. Uh, but I, I just wanted to pass that along because I never, I guess I think about it, but I know, okay, yeah, I'm in Memphis, you know, there's certain areas you can go and there's, there's wonderful parts of Memphis. I mean, there's there's parts that I love going. I mean, downtown has done a great, you couldn't have gone downtown 30 years ago, sure. uh, but now you you feel pretty safe going downtown and I mean there's 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 wonderful places but the part next to Mississippi usually you know has issues and so it's good to hear from somebody else that we're doing our part uh to keep you know what we think is a wonderful state, a wonderful state that other people can see it coming in.
0: Oh, absolutely. And again, I'm sorry to mention this, but, you know, it's it's kind of on my heart right now, just, um, you know, on this Monday, Labor Day night that uh, we're going to, you and I are going to wake up tomorrow, we're going to go about our lives and there are, um, you know, two kids involved and there are people that are involved that uh, their lives will never be the same. And, and so, you know, two weeks ago, go listen to that show. We talked about Mississippi fat cats. We don't cover Memphis, have no desire to cover Memphis, but let me tell you, there is a lot of people in the Shelby County and Memphis government that are absolute fat cats that have absolutely no business being in charge of anything, much less a city. And I'll just leave it at that. So thank you to the board of aldermen for the city of Fernando. Thank you to the mayor. Thank you for all those people that are there every first and third Tuesday. You and I know, and have become friends with and know a decent number of the aldermen and people that have to serve the city. And, uh, look guys, let's just keep pulling the rope in the same direction to have this wonderful place that we call home, uh, Hernando, Mississippi. And part of that, Derek, is um, you know, tourism, having great things for people to come and visit. We talk about more stuff here in just a little while when we read our ad for the farmer's market. The lady in charge of the farmer's market, Miss Gia Matheny, also works hard each and every day, probably, for the Dickens of a Christmas celebration that we have in November. There's part of that for the
1: Alderman meeting. Tell us about that, Derek. All right. The city of Hernando has been awarded a $5,000 grant from the Mississippi Arts Commission, this grant was a portion of the more than $1.4 million in grants that the MAC awarded in the fiscal year of 2022 and will be used to enhance the city's Hernando Dickens of a Christmas holiday event. The grants are made possible by continuing funding from the Mississippi State Legislature and the National Endowment of the Arts. So now, this is where that kind of kicks in. Because it, you know, she's getting more grants this year, more programs have been added to the Dickens of a Christmas this year, including there will, there will be a Nutcracker Ballet. Uh, will be performed this year. Uh, This year's performance will be hosted by the Ballet de Soto at the Hernando Performing Arts Center and a new art workshop and local art demonstrations with the De Soto Arts Council. So that's pretty awesome. They're bringing the Nutcracker to Hernando. Uh, Kudzu Playhouse will also present present an evening theater show reimagining dickens famous a christmas carol wow. written by local hernando high student and playwright ethan witt so a, a local student has kind of done his own take of a of a uh, christmas carol and they'll be showing that so so one night they're going to have uh the nutcracker another night they're going to have this uh, reimagined christmas carol written by uh, a hernando student which is awesome do you know uh,
0: do you know jeff witt, his Yeah, his dad yeah that's jeff witt's son okay yeah jeff's a great guy Great guy. Yeah, no, Jeff, I really like Jeff. Yeah, that's um, very interesting. Let's hope it's not like a, uh, you know, modern um, rock opera or something.
1: <laughs> hey, look, if it's good. I know. If it's good, it's art. It's Let's art. not get
0: too far off here.
1: All right, so and Daph, uh, Daphne Cox and Kelly Stevenson will co-direct this one-night production with the local actors. The night will feature familiar Christmas carols, dancing, and the classic story to bring Hernando into the Christmas spirit. So the Mississippi Arts Commission, of course, is the state agency serving more than 2 million people through grants and special... Uh, Invitations that entice communities, assist artists and art uh, organizations, promote art education, and celebrate Mississippi's cultural heritage. So again, we just really, really thank them for the five thousand dollars grant. We thank Gia for applying, for doing the right things that she needed to do to get the grant. And look, not only we're going to have, of course, the wonderful things we have on the square all day Saturday: the carriage rides, the period costumes, the ice skating rink, where uh, the um, you know all of the the. Warm cider, everything that's provided there. Uh, the, the singing of the carols uh, on the square. We're now going to have a uh, be able to see the Nutcracker. Now don't, don't have to drive to the Orpheum. Sure, you can now see it here in Hernando, and then also get a take on the Christmas Carol. Which again, what a an awesome, wonderfully packed weekend to get you ready about a month and a half before Christmas comes.
0: But they have not reached out to us or contacted us about hosting anything or any events or MCing. You know, she you, you, I mean, listening. Let's just listening. She listens a lot. But let's be honest. You and I see each other as we see ourselves as
1: the two old men of the Muppets. That's exactly what I'm picturing right now. <laughs> if they could get us, if, That's you, us. Know, you know that second a, balcony, yes, the, yes. The, the old Secretary of State yes. building right there with that rod iron balcony, sitting right there right, oh, the spotlight. Oh, oh, just, yeah. like just That's yeah, it. Spotlight
0: stays on that. us. Probably a cooler hidden behind that. us. <laughs> yeah, we can, we could probably critique a lot of stuff for the uh, Dickens of a Christmas uh, I'm actually, all, all weekend I'm, long. I'm really,
1: yes, I, yes, 20, forty hours on that balcony. We Let's could live stream. We could
0: just do a do still a live stream of us breaking down the Dickens of a Christmas. I don't. That would be that would be dangerous. Very dangerous. That <laughs> that grant fun, will be no, that grant will be taken away. That'd be a one year grant. <laughs> Definitely be a one year grant. Thanks, Gia. Thanks to the city. Thank you for doing all the things you do each and every day, week month getting ready for the farmer's market and getting ready for the dickens O christmas which is just growing to a uh, a wonderful event annual event right here on the historic hernando square and their last thing uh, during our news section on our 200th episode right here of the utw podcast uh when most folks are listening to this episode the county will be voting on and discussing and wrapping up their budget talks for 22-23 tell us about that
1: tuesday Maybe when the DeSoto County Board of Supervisors makes the final determination on the county budget for the fiscal year. Supervisors have scheduled a public hearing on its proposed budget and proposed tax levies for fiscal year 2023 on Tuesday. So when you're listening to this, September 6th at 9 a.m. So this is going to come out around 8 a.m. So about an hour from now. You'll be able to get up there if you want to kind of watch and see what they vote on. It will take place in the boardroom on the third floor of the administration building located at 365 Locher Street in Hernando. The public hearing will take place during the Board of Supervisors meeting. The board meeting will begin at 8 a.m. again, but the budget talks will start at 9 a.m. County taxpayers can expect to not see a millage increase as a result. Again, no millage increase as a result. The current ad valorem millage rate is 41.02. Supervisors have decided not to increase the millage rate for 2023, meaning the county's millage rate has not changed since 2005. Any DeSoto County citizen is invited to attend this public hearing on the proposed budget and tax levies for fiscal year 2023. Citizens will be allowed to speak for a reasonable amount of time and offer tangible evidence before any vote is taken. So, again, if you're interested in that and hearing it, watching it, speaking out for or against it, it starts at 9 a.m., but they currently do not... Plan on raising the millage rate, and that has been the case for the last eighteen years.
0: Think about what we just talked about, Derek. The you know the mentions I had about crime and different stuff, and it's still keeping our taxes low. County it- and city taxes are remaining low. Yeah, I mean we live in a very let's just say conservative, uh, not a very um, pro tax area, and. We're able to do those different things and and keep this uh you know way of life that we have. You and I have lived in DeSoto County now for over twenty years. This way of life with our taxes remaining low. So mm-hmm. thank you to all those people who get out there and um put themselves on the ballot and put themselves in a chair when it comes to make those decisions. So we really appreciate the county and uh, we'll update you on that budget coming up on our, our Tuesday show because did we mention we're taking off Friday? But there, let me tell you, somebody who rarely takes off actually saw mowing happening at hernando high school on sunday and labor day
1: I saw him this morning. Yes. I saw him this morning blowing Absolutely. off the uh, street gutters, like where the the, the gutter yes. where the grass comes into the street uh, on MacIntyre blowing it back into the grass. Just yeah, doing a fantastic job.
0: Right, taking no time off. And of course, I've said it before on our show that Williams Services has a large contract, has an opportunity to do a number of schools in the Desoto County area, and they continue to sponsor the UTW podcast. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so. Much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups gate repair, fence repair, grading of your property, anything on the outside of your home or office, you definitely want to reach out to Richard Williams. Let him come take a look at your project. If he can't do the project for you, he'll help you find someone he can. He's the kind of guy you want involved when it comes to improvements all around your home or office. Call him today, 662 292 8855 Visit his website, williamslawnmaintenance.com. You can always find more information on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, Richard is the kind of guy you want involved when it comes to your projects all around your home or office. Call him today, 662-292-8855.
1: Matt, somebody else I saw on Labor Day, uh, I'm glad that he took the day off, was uh, Jason Parole. Yes, sir. Ran ran into... uh, Dr. Paroli there uh, in the gym, uh, you know, trying to keep his, uh, keep his hands strong there for <laughs> all the work that he has going, cause, but I am glad to see that he took a day off because DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Derek, before we turn our attention
0: to our DeSoto County Fact of the Week, given to us by Rob Long from the DeSoto County Museum. We do need to uh, give an update. You and I were standing together in the Grove, and we had a loyal listener come up to us, and he always seems to have a smile on his face <laughs> when he corrects us on our, uh, our information. He does. He really does. Yeah, of course, we're speaking about a, uh, one of our longtime sponsors. Uh, that is, he's no longer sponsoring with us, but uh, anyway, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, Mr. Sam Lauderdale came up and said, hey, I want to give you a quick update when it comes to the area where the fairgrounds were. In Hernando is not by where Kroger is now. It's over at the health department north, uh, just south of the square. South of the that, square,
1: south of 51. Right.
0: South on 51 where the health department is. He said that's where the – That was uh, the original fairgrounds. That was the original fairgrounds back in the day.
1: Yeah, and, and when we started going, I guess the first a-fair that I attended – uh, was actually at that empty field across from Kroger where yes. the water tower is right there on the interstate. It was an empty field. So, I, you know, I, Rob, I guess, had also assumed it had always been there, but he corrected and said, no, no, no. It was down on 51, down where the the uh, the social offices are down correct. there. So, again, we want to thank uh, Sam Waterdell for correcting us. And every time we say something wrong, we will correct ourselves on the air. So, we, we don't want to, we're not trying to spread false information here where we're using the information that we were given. Uh, that was incorrect. Uh, again, we're not blaming Rob or anybody else, but we want to make sure we set the record straight for. Any of the, uh, I guess, residents have been here a long time, that was where the original fairgrounds were. So that picture was taken at that location. I
0: think we just got invited to a field party. That's all it was. Let's go. Hey. I mean, we, we were at a field party before Luke Bryan even at <laughs> field party music. That's, <laughs> That's what we did, right? Man,
1: those are some good concerts. Golly, <laughs> that was again. good stuff. That's some good stuff.
0: Middle of our Tuesday show always brings us to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, given to us, as I mentioned, by Rob Long with the DeSoto County Museum. We talked a lot on our last Friday show all about trains, when it comes to the Soda County Museum, which will be here soon, go listen to that show. Go listen to our show. Uh Train special when it comes to the DeSoto County Museum. DeSoto County Museum, located across the street from Corp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Admission is free. They are eager to serve you and your family. If you're looking for somewhere to take your kids maybe for a couple hours, um, you know, think about the DeSoto County Museum, a great place right here in Hernando. Derek, this particular fact of the week is about a local family that you and I both love. And uh, someone that's a
1: little, you know, you and I never had the pleasure to meet. Tell us about that. All right. Today we pay tribute to Gerald Wessinger Chatham or Big Gerald, father of our current circuit court judge, Gerald Chatham. Big Gerald would become internationally famous as the prosecuting attorney in the Emmett Till trial, which revolved around the brutal killing of the 14-year-old Chicago teenager in Money, Mississippi in 1954. Chatham. A fair, honest, and decent man as the district attorney in charge of prosecuting the case did his best to bring convictions against two men charged with the heinous crime. Chatham would act heroically in pursuing justice. The weight of the highly publicized trial was one of the factors leading to Chatham's death one year later of a heart attack. Chatham would receive death threats in his pursuit of the justice. Although Till's killers were acquitted, they confessed to Look Magazine a year later of their guilt in the crime. Rob Long has a book containing the biography of Mr. Chatham and the photos at the museum, including one of Mr. Chatham with the cotton gin fan that the killers placed around young Emmett Till's neck when they threw him into the Tallahatchie River. The cotton gin fan was presented as evidence in the highly celebrated trial. Just as we saluted Mr. A.W. Bushelon a few weeks ago, we salute Gerald Chatham Sr. as a hero in Hernando's history.
0: Derek, you never know what you're going to say. I mean, really, we come in here every Monday night or Monday afternoon for the fact of the week. You never know the different things that you're going to say on the air when it comes to just the, um, wow, what a historic.
1: um, They got a new movie. I think, is it it Netflix or somebody's coming out with a brand new movie about the Emmett Till murder oh, wow. uh, this year yeah. and so I mean this again we, a lot of y'all know Judge Chatham of course young Gerald uh, sure. who you know hated to lose so early in his life uh, his son uh, Ford is now a fraternity brother uh, of my my son uh, and so this is so Ford's great grandfather was the prosecuting attorney in the Emmett Till trial which is just absolutely amazing
0: Oh, huh. you never quite know what the fact of the week is going to be uh, here with the UTW podcast and Rob Long we appreciate you always being so gracious and being a fan of the UTW podcast and making that a priority for us. DeSoto County Museum, located, again, right on Commerce Street, right here in Hernando, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Get out soon. Admission is free. As I mentioned, they're open on Saturdays. Maybe before you head to the DeSoto County Museum, you can uh, visit our seasonal sponsor. I've I've mentioned them a couple times already this morning. The wonderful asset that we have on the historic Hernando Square each and every Saturday morning from 8 to 1, the Hernando Farmers Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh, local experience. Brown Dairy Farms, Kendall Cattle Beef... Coffee Central, Precision Sharp, Kills Country Market, Mrs. Pat's Homemade Pound Cakes, and Yeast Breads, Southern Cookie Queen, over 50 vendors every Saturday morning on the historic Hernando Square, ready to serve you, on the historic Hernando Square, ready for you. At the Hernando Farmers Market, Ms. Gia Matheny and her team do a wonderful job transforming the square every morning from 8 to 1 to the Hernando Farmer's Market. As I've said numerous times, they run all the way through October. Then they'll have a special Farmer's Market for the Dickens of a Christmas coming up in November. Cannot say enough about our seasonal sponsor, the Hernando Farmer's Market. Thank you for a wonderful season so far. Good luck the rest of the season, and thank you for supporting the UTW Podcast. Get out this weekend and support the Hernando Farmer's Market. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touched. If you're a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance, Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Contact Bruce Robinson or Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance located in South Haven but ready to serve anyone In DeSoto County, call them at 662-895-5528. Again, that's 662-895-5528, founded in 1981 and serving DeSoto County residents ever since. Working with some of the largest insurance companies in the entire world, Jerry Holland and Bruce Robinson with Holland Insurance are ready to speak with you about your future career. 662-895-5528. Again, Holland Insurance. Derek, as we mentioned uh, several times already, we will not have a Friday show. That is going to be football time, so we'll we're going to preview those games in just a few moments. Let everybody know who all's playing right here under the water tower. Tell us about some other sports, volleyball and soccer, that have happened
1: since our last show. All right, since our last show, after a three-match losing streak, the North Point Lady Trojans were looking to get back on track with a home game past Thursday night against Brighton. In that endeavor, they were successful, and they came away with a 2-0 victory. Lane Purdy and Kelly Hunt had the two goals for North Point. Anna Claire Dowdy kept the clean sheet. The Lady Trojans are now 6-3, 0-2 in district, and next play St. George's at home Tuesday night. So again, tonight uh, at North Point, they play St. George's. So another district game, hopefully a chance to get in the win column in district. Uh, moving on to Lewisburg Volleyball. Lewisburg started the season 1-6, and six, but were looking to get back to 500 on the season with a district match against Center Hill. The Patriots took the first set 25-12 and then closed out a closer second set 25-20. The Lady Mustangs fought hard, but Lewisburg was able to put them away in three sets. Ella Grace Holloway had 13 kills. Jada Bradley had 11 kills. And Lana Farrell added 9 kills. Farrell led in digs with 6 and served 3 aces. Bailey Burchette provided 19 assists, 5 digs, and 2 aces. The Lady Patriots are now at 599 9 9-9, and 1-0 in district. Finally, Hernando volleyball. Hernando went on the road, 7 hours on the road, to take on Foley, Alabama in a match before tournament in Orange Beach. Hernando beat Foley 3-0 in the match, 25-21, 25-20, 25-20, pushing their record to 6-3 on the year. Then Friday and Saturday, the Lady Tigers played in a round-robin tournament and finished the tournament 2-4, and playing most everyone for their experience. This tournament does not count toward their overall record, and they next play Tuesday at DeSoto Central, and then Thursday in a return match at Center Hill. So both uh, on the road, neither one of them district match this week. Now, Matt, we are turning to football. Again, we will go over the games from the past Friday and just mention who they are playing. We're not going to do our normal breakdown because, unfortunately, again, we will not be here Friday, and uh, that's just a lot of information to put (laughs) for each game. So we're going to talk about the ones from last Friday. North Point welcomed Marshall County, Kentucky, uh, as I mentioned before, getting able to sit with a nice gentleman uh, in the press box, to to DeSoto County, and we're looking to get another emphatic win against the Marshalls as they did last year. It didn't take long to see that that would happen. North Point won the toss and elected to receive, and Sammy Chapman takes the opening kickoff 98 yards for the touchdown. The defense forces a three and out, and then the Trojans score again on their next possession when Noah Oibuki runs it in from 21 yards out. After another three and out for the Marshalls, Jack Patterson hits Christian Gilliland on a 64-yard pass Justin Henderson then punches it in from eight yards out before the end of the first quarter. The score at the end of the first, 29-0 with three Brady Smith extra points and a Harrison Nowell two-point conversion on a bad snap. In the second quarter, Patterson hit Grayson Alford for a 36-yard TD, and then Connor McNatt had a three-yard TD run to make it 4-3-0 and to start a running clock for the rest of the game. North Point then pulls the starters and the Marshalls score at halftime buzzer to make the score forty-three to seven at the half with a running clock again for the entire second half and North Point playing backups. The entire second half only took twenty-five minutes, and the Marshalls score late in the fourth for their final score of forty-three to fourteen. Patterson was five for five for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Offer to led the team in rushing with thirty-six yards and the touchdown. North Point is now two and one and will host Middle college high school out of Memphis this Friday night. Next, Lewisburg football. Lewisburg was looking to double their win total from last year when they went on the road to Bahia. The defense gets the Patriots on the board first when Alex Lynch recovers a blocked punt in the end zone for the score. The Patriots then take advantage of another Indian turnover when quarterback Gunnar Gilmore dives in from two yards out. Gilmore then hits Ethan Stafford on a 35-yard titty pass to make the score 21-0 before the end of the first quarter. Gilmore has a couple of titty passes then to DJ Green, and they add a two-point conversion on a bad snap to take a 36-0 lead at halftime. Bahelia finally gets on the board after a Patriot fumble, but the Patriots answer with with Lucas Edwards dives in for a score, and Lucas Gask makes his fifth extra point. The Patriots give up a touchdown late, but come away with a 43-12 victory. They are now 2-0 on the year, and next will play Kosciuszko in the berg on Friday night. Finally, Hernando football. Hernando traveled to Cleveland Friday night for a tough road test to see if they could pull off another tough victory like last year. Cleveland scores first on a long pass to take a 6-0 lead. Jackson Uselton cuts the lead to 6-3, and then the Tigers were able to find the end zone in the second quarter to take a 10-6 lead. That was a score at the at the halftime. Cleveland Central takes the opening kickoff in the second half to the house but misses the two-point conversion to take a 12-10 lead. The Wolves then extend the lead to 18-10 on a long drive but again misses their third two-point conversion. The Wolves' defense then steps up and gets a safety and pushes the lead to 20-10. Just when it looked like the Wolves had hemmed up the Tigers' offense, Topher Jones finds Brody Martin for a touchdown and a two-point conversion, which makes the score 20-18. to However, that was answered by a Wolves 63-yard touchdown, increasing their lead to 26-18 on another missed two-point conversion. The, ant- the Tigers answered that TD immediately when Tommy Brown takes the kickoff all the way back, and the Tigers make their second successful two-point conversion to tie the game at 26. Both teams trade possessions and then the Tigers get the ball and drive down the field where Topher Jones scrambles in with four TD with 46 seconds left. The defense was able to hold and the Tigers come away with a hard-fought 33 to 26 road victory. The Tigers are now 2-0 and will travel to Grenada Friday night for another non-conference game Matt, this is our second week in a row when all three teams we cover won their games. I like that. And we didn't pick them all to win. We did not pick them all, we did to, not win. Pick them all to win. Actually, you didn't. I picked I her. Did. Okay, my win. Bad. that's right. Did not did. Pick. You're right.
0: And, but I think, yeah, I, I felt like Cleveland Central, who was kind of controlling the game and didn't well, quite make. Maybe they you need know, to. First of all, you got to find a field goal. Gotta, kick yeah, kick yeah let's go. got to find a simple extra
1: four two point conversion. Yes. That's um that's Or call better plays for
0: the two point conversions. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Something like that. Regardless, Hernando Tigers go on the road. They're down and out, twenty to ten. Come back and get it done. Good for them. That's awesome. You and I both know Topher Jones and his parents. And uh, congratulations to them for a hard-fought victory. Uh, May go down to Grenada on Friday. I don't know exactly yet. Yeah, offer that to Wilson uh, if he wants to take a group. uh, You know, I've got vans here, and let's just you do have vans. I do have vans. I mean, we (laughs) drove a group of thirteen went to the Ole Miss game on Saturday, so I do I do have vans. uh, FYI, in case anybody didn't know that, I do have vans, and so I don't know. May may possibly go down there for the uh, Grenada game. Never been to a game down there I'd much rather do that instead of them driving their trucks and stuff oh, like God, that, that you no, know, that's a, for an hour yeah, 55
1: so. at nighttime driving over an hour just, that's just a bad yeah, road I'd
0: rather do it's that and keep the boys safe if they're interested so we'll cross that bridge but um you know congratulations to the Tigers 2-0 and on the young season I know Grenada is going to be a pretty good football team Grenada Always usually a has a pretty good football team I think they're they're typically a 5A playoff team so uh good luck to the Tigers the Patriots and the Trojans this coming Friday night, uh, just, you know, we'll be pulling for you and look forward to giving the uh, breakdown and the results of those games next Tuesday on next Tuesday show. But we really appreciate all the love, all the listens over the last 200 shows. I know we've said it several times, uh, the 200th episode numbered episode right here under the water tower. Look, if you enjoy our show, uh, don't know if we can promise an ex- another 200. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, if we're here, if we're here sitting here in the fall of twenty twenty five, but twenty twenty four, that will be uh, that that'd be something.
0: I don't know, I don't know. We'll see. We're never promising anything, but thank you for your support for the first 200. And we really appreciate you sharing and letting people know what's happening right here on the UTW podcast. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook at UTW podcast on Instagram at UTW podcast and on Twitter at UTW pod. If you enjoy our show, share it with friends, family, share it on Facebook, Hernando happenings, share it any way you like, let people know some of the uh, fun things and different topics that we have right here under the water tower. If you enjoy our show, you'll also enjoy OB Pod, releases a show early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also do deep dives into Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod, look them up today. Well, Derek, thank you again from a uh, Mississippian for what you guys do uh, when it comes to the Mississippi River and tourism and trying to uh, grow that and always be a a value there. Good luck this weekend with the, uh, again, like you said, 10 states, people from 10 states visiting Memphis, visiting uh, to discuss all those different things. So we appreciate you being a part of that. Thank you for the first 200 episodes, and uh, we'll see how many more we can put together. We really it; it's been fun. It's been really fun. It's been fun. I hope everybody had a wonderful Labor Day. Derek and I are here till uh, well past eight o'clock on our Labor Day. Again, Derek mentioned I went and visited family this uh, th- this afternoon. So thank you for uh, being with us on 200, and look forward to 200 more. Well,
1: Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt, and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs> Where we dropped off a pretty little girl, same grade as me. Tried to kiss her once in the aisle of the bus, and she walked right over me. Face down in the gum on